Hi, welcome to Invisibly Ill, a podcast by three 30-something women living in New Zealand who've all been told that you don't look sick. We hope that sharing stories will make invisibly ill people feel seen. Content may be triggering for people who are still on their health journey. Jen, what's new with you? I've been I've been speaking with a coach and she suggested that you should have three non-negotiables every day to fill, to fill your cup and oh. make you feel better. And it, so that's something I've been trying to work on. And the three that I came up with for me is going for a walk outdoors because I really like the fresh air. It always makes me feel better, even if it's only 10 minutes. Just get outside, get some fresh air. Even if it's raining, try and get out. Even if it's raining? Even if it's raining. That's where I would draw the Try and get out (laughs) for 10 minutes, walk to the coffee shop or whatever and, and just get out. And then the other one for me is having kind of time with my with my family, with my husband and son trying to have quality time with them and then my third one which is is actually to try and do more to explore my creative side so I've started sketching again a little bit um which has been really nice I've not done it in so long and whether it's been you know spending time editing podcasts or or doing some sketching or I've got some paint my numbers or doing some cooking or like trying to do something to fill my creative cup and I'm really trying to focus on that as a something I want to do for me. I've not been successful all days, but I guess I'm trying to having a list of three makes it feel sort of doable. That's really great. I really love the three non-negotiables. What would your three non-negotiables be actually? Are these daily, did you say? Yeah, something that you want to do every day for yourself. I think for me One of them would definitely be moving my body, even if it's stretching, going for a walk. I sleep better even if I do it for only 10, 15 minutes, like if I just stretch my body out. And I used to do it every night before I went to bed for years. I did it. And then I just broke the habit because I got too tired. (laughs) So that's probably one that I would probably work toward. I would have to think about other two. Laura, do you know what yours would be? That was not a burp, but it sounded like a burp. <laughs> I'm really convinced also that my you can hear my stomach grumbling. And it's I think it's because you guys talk about filling up cups. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to have some of that cup. Um, that's a really interesting question. I probably agree with you on the move your body thing now that I kind of can. Oh, it's difficult because I'm in, I'm in a, a lot of work stress at the moment. I can't think beyond it. Like I'm really struggling to think about home Laura. And what I actually need. I think I'm really, like, obviously I'm really, in, I love spending time with my boyfriend. I love spending time with my friends. I love chilling out with the dog. So they're, they're pretty good things. Maybe it's just some quality time with, with Jonathan and take Sash for a walk. That can be one of my, that ticks another box. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, she should have given us homework from last week. What makes you feel happy? Like what makes you feel really, really good about yourself? When I'm editing this podcast, my uh, my ring stats go often like, oh, you're in restorative time because my heart rate obviously drops to like, I get into a state of flow and I'm like yeah. at a calm level as like I witchcraft. listen to <laughs> the same segment over and over again and try and edit out all our ums and oohs. <laughs> hey, don't give away the secret. But it's strangely meditative, I yeah. feel. I think the other thing would be to like, consciously spend time with my beloved fiance because I think that 
like we all do, we get caught up in life and you get very much like into like we have dinner and then we sit and watch TV and you know, whatever. And so I I do this now and I try to do it in a very conscious way because I'm so busy at work and because I'm so consumed by the wedding. And, you know, obviously it's our wedding and she's helping a lot of it. But, you know, I'm the event planner of the two of us, so I'm doing a fair bit. And so I try really hard every day, even if it's just for one minute, to just like look her in the eye and say, I love you. I appreciate you just have a real conversation with her instead of just like thanks for you know doing the dishes yeah when you actually have that moment where you're connecting rather than just going like how was your day dear like yeah actually, you're actually going like what like what's what's mm. new what's new with you today you know how did you yeah. mate have a child and and that's really hard to happen every day <laughs> it's like reasonable oh, that was I'm not exhausted. on list. <laughs> <laughs> we're just the bar was not set that high <laughs> it was it was set Fair. quality time yeah you know whatever mm. that looks like even if it's just playing with diggers and tracks yeah <laughs> that's fair but i think moving your body there is such a and like i've been finding this a bit recently now i've been back at spin and i think i said a couple of weeks ago i was back at the gym and i've now ditched the gym to go back to spin because it's my favorite the first class i did back at spin i felt like my body was alive and it was the first time that i'd actually felt mm. like that for months years and I just absolutely loved it. I was a sweaty mess, but I had so much fun. I didn't push myself too hard because screaming to conscious of my back, but holy shit, I hadn't felt like that in such a long time. I walk a lot, like now I can walk, like, you know, once I've built up from getting from the bathroom to the bed and various things like that, you know, I do walk quite a lot with the dog now, but it doesn't give me that. I feel like some people walk and they get this mindfulness. <laughs> I don't necessarily get that I need to like, power it out and spin has been so good for that so i've really felt like especially recently i'm actually being able to use my body is such a big deal oh i also had a swimming lesson the other day <laughs> yeah which was very confronting because i don't think i've mentioned have I mentioned to you for some history we've been trying to get laura to go exercise at a pool for literal months and I was like, I would even said, I'll come to aerobics with you. She's like, I'm not doing that. Megan I'll offered to feel like an old person. <laughs> yep. Megan offered to wear those like um, diaper, the floaty diapers. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it with you, man. Like, yeah. let's go do it. I'm There's keen. no way in fucking hell. Or a flowery head <laughs> head cap. Like, I would have, yeah. I would have gone full fifties. Oh yeah. Even with my chemo head of my bald head, I would no, have gone, you know, some cap. You know. You yeah. will never get me aqua jogging. Let me just say that. <laughs> I would aqua jog. I, I would do. so oh. do it. <laughs> Oh, they look so smug and sad. <laughs> so sorry I to anyone who it. likes that. <laughs> it's just not my thing. And I, I think it's because you're you're moving, but you're not really going anywhere. And I think that that would just rile me up. Anyway, I had a swimming lesson. And the reason I've been putting it off is because I've had a bit of kind of psychological stuff around swimming with having my head underwater. Um, I had an ex a, while, a long, long, long time ago who kind of pushed me under and held me under for a little bit too long and then I nearly drowned in Langkawi. <laughs> what a great story. <laughs> um, so I've been a bit kind of paranoid about putting my head underwater and I've kind of forgotten how to breathe. So it's That's not just... reasonable. I think it's yeah. reasonable. Just for the record. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can obviously like do breaststroke and stuff with my head out of the water and I can do... I was doing a little bit of swimming and swimming in the sea and stuff, but I've been really keen to get into it as having it as one of my cardios and so good for your back. Oh, I also discovered breaststroke. Not actually that bad for your back because you're moving, if you're doing it properly and you're moving it um, out in and out of flexion, that's actually really good. It's just if you're doing what I was probably doing before and keeping being my head turtle. out of the water. You're being a turtle. <laughs> I was being a turtle. 
but that was really good. I haven't been I haven't been back yet with what I've learned because I'm still kind of trying to deal with the psychological side of it because it did seem like it was more of a psychological thing than a technique thing. Yeah, generally moving my body has been great. Uh, it hasn't, unfortunately, hasn't really helped with my sleep. It might have helped five or ten percent, but that's something I'm very very grateful for because. I forget now that I was lying on my back. I forget now that I couldn't walk to the end of my road. I, could, I forget that I couldn't walk. Like I, I live in a cul-de-sac. You could barely walk around your house. I couldn't yeah. walk my house. Like you barely could make it to the kitchen. Like yeah. the bar. If you didn't need to pee, you probably wouldn't make it to the bathroom. You know, no, like I'm feeling really, really grateful at the moment for where I am, where I am. Yeah. But I'm also trying to be reflective of the fact that I know I block out stuff. So I, I know that, in t- in t- in, apart from when we're talking, I forget that I was lying on my back and I couldn't move. And I forget that I was I was eating a lot of crackers <laughs> <laughs> and not doing anything else. I forget because I'm now not there. And so it's actually really good doing this podcast because it's a kind of cathartic experience yeah. for me because I know I'm... So I focus so much on what's next that I forget where I've been. Yeah. But it's one of the funny things. I keep nearly crying at spin as well. Unrelated to the spin, but because, you know, they're so motivational. <laughs> things like, not beyond the kind of, whatever you've got left in the tank, we're going to get rid of it. It's not that. It's like, be grateful for how amazing your body is and how far you've come. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, it's a dark room. Like, there are these moments and I feel like I'm like moved mm. in those moments and thinking, and my therapist would say, fucking cry it out i'm not gonna cry it out <laughs> cry it out from my pores it's not, it's not the same but um yeah that's why i guess i just wanted to say that i'm quite grateful for where i am that's why i'm maybe a bit scared that disc number yeah two is a bit unhappy and i suppose it's it's okay to be scared yeah. it's not nice when you can see it though because it was fine in april yeah and now it's quite confronting yeah to see it As two Brits and an American here, we've come from different health systems in yeah. our in our history, which is so it's quite interesting as as you know, as three expats to New Zealand and it's made me really whilst the NHS has its has its foibles, you know, the aspiration of universal healthcare for all, I think is definitely a worthy one. It's just that the implementation is flawed. Flawed, yeah. How about that's actually a really interesting point. Gosh, we've got so many interesting points. Um, how have you? Because obviously you've been having this for a long time. You were in America, presumably when you. I moved to New Zealand when I was twenty five, twenty six. I just thought that I was getting heartburn because I was partying a bit too much, as you do, and it didn't really become that bad of a problem until about two years after moving here. Okay, so and actually so, you can't compare that whole. No, that's but I will say this: it's been an interesting road because. I have kind of two juxtapositions because in the States I know how expensive insurance is and I know people who are still in debt for their second or third child that they've had. I have people who are still in debt from surgeries because their insurance only covered 30% of the surgery. So it's also not the perfect system. But in saying that, you see a specialist when you see like when you can get to a specialist and make an appointment it's not about a lottery or a wait list I was very fortunate that my mom has a really good job and so I was on her insurance and then Obama came into office and he made it so that you could be on your parents insurance until you were 25 
I just got lucky because I was on my mom's insurance and like her insurance was very good. And I also was not paying for it. It would have been more expensive, but I think that I would have gotten the surgery that I got five years down the road here way sooner than. Yeah. I don't know. I got surgery here when I needed it. This, mm-hmm. And it was quite life-changing for me. Though it's back, it's not back as bad as it was back then. On the public system, unless you've lost the ability to control your bladder and your bowels, they won't operate. So you come in, we might give you some pain relief, they might send you for an x-ray. I remember I went one of the times I went for an x-ray, useless when you've got um, nerve stuff. They won't operate unless you've got to the stage where you have lost control because the, the disc being pushed onto the wrong side which i thought was really interesting because that's messed up that's really hard right because one of the things that really drives me mad is when i think about my diagnosis and the disparity around you know i was able to go into the I tried to go through a public referral in the end and it was going to be four months and then I ended up going into the private system and I had the ability to do that because of I've uh, you know my husband had a um, health insurance policy through his work but and the same thing for you really that if you have the ability to kind of put some money aside to raise the funds then mm. then great but if you don't how many years of how much pain have you got to suffer yeah yeah well, that's the only reason like, that I got better because I went to an external nutritionist and I paid her a lot of money. It profoundly changed the way I feel. And it was only because I had the means to do that. Mm-hmm. Like anybody in my position that didn't have the means would be going to the same doctors who were saying the same things that you just need to lose weight and offering no other explanation. And then I went to somebody external and they said, it might be this thing, you know, you should, you know, see what happens. And I I don't know if it was that thing. I don't know what changed. But whatever she did to help me get rid of SIBO, which is what she um, thought that was causing it, it has profoundly changed my heartburn mm-hmm. situation. I had the same thought. I was like, only because I have the, the money mm-hmm. to pay this woman, and it was you know thousands of dollars, not cheap, mm-hmm. could I have done this? And anybody else who was facing anything like it, and they were just in the public system. There was no way. Like, it took me, I've been sick for, I've been really bad for a good year. And I never have never met my um, specialist in person. I've only ever talked to him on the phone, like, three times. Mm-hmm. And I've gone, it took me eight months to go see a surgeon. It's something that I have been grateful for, but also thought, how shit is that? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. The last time I went into hospital before this one, I was in absolute agony. I could I could barely move. I could it was awful. It's at the point where it was so bad that I finally went to hospital. I was actually actually exorcisting on the bed because I could, I got off the bed because they were like try and move because that's what they always say when you have a bad back and it's the most painful thing if you know what I mean with exorcist. What's exorcisting mean? Like exorcist the film like Oh, oh okay. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Like it was an out of it was awful. He was like, "Oh, you know, we can try and get your pain under control, but and you can maybe wait for a, for a um, for an X-ray. The next time I went in, the only reason they did the surgery this time was because of the nerve damage and the potential for that to be permanent. Because that's a structural impact, and they they check all the time whether you can still pee. And I've got very tempted at one point to just hold to be it honest, in. No, no, well, to just piss myself. 
and be like, okay, I can't, I need your help. Because yeah. if that's where the line is, that's an awful situation to be in. Mm. Where the first time I was in absolute agony, the next time, not in so much pain, I'm still pretty bad. <laughs> it's all relative, isn't it? Mm. But for that to be the threshold. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even, I'm not even, it's not even coming out right how how much pain I was in that mm. last time I was in. Oh, yeah. Like I sitting next to you on the hospital bed and hearing them say to you, those were your options. I could see how much pain you were in. And I also know you're very British. So if I can see it, I know it's even worse <laughs> than what I can see. And they just wouldn't do anything to help you. And it was flabbergasting because you just thought this person came to the hospital because they were in a lot of pain they have a history with back issues so they're not making it up they've had surgery for it before why does it need to be that bad what is the logic behind that and it's really just a resourcing issue right yeah in new zealand there's just not enough in the healthcare system you know i w- was able to get surgery through the public system you know very i'm obviously com- obviously completely grateful for that yeah same but I had to really fight and say, look, I'm, my quality of life is is very little. I am stuck at home. I live alone. I'm on my own. I don't have anyone to help me. I mean, I've got friends, obviously, but day to day, 24-7, I'm yeah. literally stuck here. I can't go into the office. I can't do this. I had to say that kind of stuff. People who aren't in that position, you know, people who are having to take just take ACC, like, is it not better to get the problem fixed than to yeah. pay someone on ACC for months and months on end? when you sort of think about the how much your life was impacted as well i remember you got one of those grabber sticks that, oh, i've still used it that, it's great there's little sticks that you pick up litter with on yeah, the beach poop- and uh, pick- <laughs> what are they called litter pickers litter pickers there you go but actually grateful when you've dropped a sock oh, it's and you, have, you can't bend over because of your back and uh yeah so that sort of thing and i had to make a special thing for you to to pick up so that you could feed your dog because you couldn't actually get the dog food onto the floor to be able to feed her and you can't even function on basic level you couldn't reach into the freezer because it's too low like i know there's there's no magic pot of money that sits around waiting for people to to be used i suppose but you do just think oh that's some who's got to make those calls and my they're tough calls eh? yeah i would not want that job no way I don't think there's an easy answer. No, um, and there isn't. And you can't you can't help everyone in that kind of situation because I've, I'm imagining, oh, I think the cost for surgery when we went in and you were with me, Gem, it's about 25 grand. I don't have 25 grand just lying around through my own lack of being financially <laughs> savvy, sure. But like, that's not something I can just whip out of my bank and, you know, go yeah. and have a surgery. Some people will be able to and they won't have any of these issues. Some people, sure. But your average person, no way. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's not like buying a car and there was a guarantee that if it stopped working, you could go back and get another car, right? Mm. Like you just have to pay this 25K and hope the surgery works and, you know, there's no other guarantees. It's interesting though. I remember, I don't know whether it's something that we recorded or when it was, whether we were just chatting. It's such a weird blurry area now. But I remember you saying, well, because of the type of cancer that you had, if you'd had to wait for the public health system, your cancer would have grown immensely. I'm convinced that I would have been stage four if I'd waited. I mean, I probably realistically wouldn't have been that long because it would have been growing and I would have gone back and then I would have got higher yeah. up the list. So it wouldn't have been the full four months. But Could have been. Well, you'd hope not, right? But yeah, like I, don't know who I else would have, been, who else I would have at least list. have been stage three. 
if not stage four. When I was high stage two, I think, has a massive difference to your to your outlook and your prognosis and and then all the treatment options and things like that. One of the drugs I did end up getting was a non-pharmac approved drug, which means basically it's not funded. Well, I was given two options with chemo and one of them has more impact on your side effects on your heart. And because I've got a history of kind of strokes and stuff and in my family, I didn't want to go for that yeah. one. Being a numbers sort of person, I was just like, well, I want the one that's yeah. hopefully less bad for my heart and more effective, hopefully. And it was effective and it worked. So that's great. But you can also imagine other people in the same situation being like, well, I can't afford the option B and that's going to be hard enough for me to get to. Yeah. And that's just, I mean, you're just playing such a, it's, it's like it's rational such a horror, of your yeah. life. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was trying to say, but I couldn't, I couldn't verbalize yeah. it. <laughs> that's it. It's and it's, it. We have covered some bloody awesome topics. Yeah, today. we really have. But yes. one topic that we've not covered that I would like to cover. I was just going to say. Personally, it's Christmas. <laughs> the weather outside is frightful. Weather. <laughs> have you seen that? The weather outside is weather. What's that from? TikTok? Scrubs no idea. Scrubs? Oh, scrubs. Something maybe. like that. We want to talk to you about Christmas because it's the best thing ever. You sounded, you started so seriously. <laughs> yeah, you really did. It was like, guys, we need to talk. I think that was the point, Laura. <laughs> we need to talk <laughs> about Christmas. <laughs> oh my God, it's like the, when Jonathan was saying about the avocados. Did I tell you that? Yeah. It was so, oh, have I told you? Oh, no. Fuck, well, it, was what, what's, what's fuck it was funny. Story? So we're living together now and um, it's been going really well. But he's sometimes the way that he says something to me makes me because I'm an anxious attachment style and generally an anxious bag of seeds. Um, he he says things and it makes me think he's going to break up with me. He was like, um, can I talk to you about something? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> and he's like, um, I don't think we should keep the avocados in water when, when we've cut them up. I think it makes them really mushy. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so basically he's gone like, hey, Laura, um, we need to talk. I'm like, about avocados <laughs> you just triggered me with your like we thought we'd talk to you about Christmas <laughs> we will be spending Christmas day with my in-laws and they go out for Christmas dinner so it's it's mm. a bit of a different different style and for two reasons partly so one I find in New Zealand now like when I go out for dinner I can't manage three courses anymore. And I know Christmas dinner in the UK, it's like a four-course meal. And I'm just like, whoa, it's going to be a lot. And so partly for that reason and partly because I make a freaking good turkey. And I just know that I'm going to be disappointed <laughs> if I get it done somewhere else. I feel that so much. I am very critical of turkeys because I also make a delicious turkey. And so I, it's pretty yeah. hard. It's pretty easy to mess up a turkey. And all the trimmings. And yeah. You make, you make, yeah. I get it. You're speaking my language now. Yeah, it's just like so. Vegetarian in the room is just <laughs> not But even all the sides, though, Laura, like the cauliflower cheese and the, the cabbage. I never used to have cauliflower cheese oh. on Christmas. That is a addition that I've had since having Christmases with you. And it's fucking excellent. It is. Yeah. It is. And, it, and they're just never going to be as good. So I'm having a Coquille Saint-Jacques starter with, and then fish for Maine. And, 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 pav, and I'm having a pav for pudding because I was like, Pav's Christmas. Yay. Yeah. 
Cockles and Jack, that's um, scallops. Scallops, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm going with a, a seafood flavour for, like for Pat, Christmas. So you're bringing a bit of Kiwi Christmas to your UK? I am, so I'm having Kiwi Christmas for in the cold, in the cold UK Christmas. And I do midwinter Christmas in the in the winter in, in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, because you're going to the when UK When I make now. my turkey, yeah. so, you know. I always have Nomad Christmas because, obviously, I'm an expat. My partner family live in Gisborne. Sometimes we have made the trip. We have chosen not to this year because we are getting married and we'll pretty much be doing all of our wedding stuff over Christmas break. But I kind of love Nomad Christmas because it's different every year because we always invite everybody that we love and cherish. And we're like, if you're going to be here because you have to work or because you can't afford going to your family, you know, come over to ours and we'll make a day of it. And we always do like game day and... And it's always really relaxed because we don't do presents or any, there's no pressures. It's just literally like, let's all hang out together because we can and we love each other and have just a good time hanging out. And it's just, I love it. I love it so much. And Christmas was never really big in my immediate family. Like me and my mom celebrated Christmas. And if she ever listens to us, she's going to be like, you're a liar. Um, <laughs> But after I went This to, would be a good test. Yeah. would be like, oh, you finally started listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like an Easter egg. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, she did make a big deal about it, but then when I went to university, it died. Because, like, she wasn't... You know, like, we did Christmas, and it was great, and we had Christmas trees and all of that, but she just isn't, like, a frou-frou Christmas kind of gal. You know, my grandma was that... She had the Christmas party and, the, like, three Christmas trees and, like, full, like you do, Jen. Mm. And... The garlands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. After I went to university, it was just a garland stocking on the fireplace, and that was it, which I loved because, like, that was very my mom, and we always had amazing Christmases together. Um, And, you know, it is hard sometimes being an expat in those times, but now I've lived here long enough that I have this, like, surrounding family, you know, like, friends that have become my family, and it makes – has made a really big difference for those holidays because – you get a bit lonely sometimes, especially when you're an expat and you don't really have anybody who you've known for a long time. You know, early days was really hard. And yeah, so I love Christmas now because then we usually go to the beach if it's a really nice day, which in the 10 years that I've lived in New Zealand, maybe he's ones. <laughs> like maybe there's been one Christmas where it was sunny. You know, the brochure says, you know, Santa Claus is in some shorts and swimming in the ocean. And I have yet to experience a Christmas that's fully like that in New Zealand. <laughs> But I do love it. And then my partner's um, day is on New Year's Eve. So we always do something um, for her birthday during the day. And then people hang around because it's New Year's Eve. And then we do New Year's Eve and then go to bed. Can I just say, I love that you call it a nomad's Christmas. I call it an orphan's Christmas, which is a much, much more Oliver Twist style. (laughs) (laughs) But nomad just seems like a little bit more like, like, you chose this life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's elusive. It's magical. Yeah. Oh, orphan is like, oh. I know. (laughs) Sad Sally over here, Laura, just bringing down the mood. Sorry. (laughs) And I have put up my work Christmas tree at the moment. It is October. (laughs) Holy moly. You have to at least wait till after Halloween. Oh, no. I was like, because I've got all these really cool backgrounds. She's an absolute fiend. I've got, I've got these cool backgrounds. So whenever I do like a, a team's call at work now, I've got a lot of Christmas tree behind me. <laughs> <laughs> See, Jen makes me feel like Scrooge. And one year, her husband, Neil, 
was a bit mean to me because I wasn't going to put up a tree because I have Christmas with them yeah. typically. Like, this I is, get it. This is going to be the first year for a while, actually. Yeah. First year in, how long have we been here? Seven years. First year in seven years I haven't had Christmas with you. I went to Aussie one time. Oh, I had it at your house, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You took over my house. I did. I am not as... I'm not as into Christmas as you guys, um, but I am going to be having Christmas with my boyfriend's family this year, and I think it's quite a like a quiet day. They have a swimming pool which Ooh. is heated and salt water, oh, which I, I am very excited I'm, about. I'm bored. Yeah, I basically invited myself round the other day, and his mum was like, "Of course, whenever you want." And I was like, "Oh my god, when can I go round?" And my brain was going, "When am I free? When am I free?" <laughs> <laughs> so I'm doing that, that and then lovely. And then my mum's coming out in January. So she's going to be spending Christmas in Australia, potentially near where my brother is. Then she's going to be with me for a couple of weeks. And she's on a huge, big kind of trip afterwards. She's going to India for 34 cool. days or 37 days or something. So just, just popping by, popping by to see me and Sasha and meet, meet Jonathan. And yeah, probably quite a quiet one. I'll probably end up going back to work fairly soonish after the new year. Save for my holiday for a, another holiday that I booked, which I don't know if I've told you about. I'm going to New Orleans. Oh yeah, Alana's got a conference, um, so I'm tagging along as her plus one, <laughs> and so we're gonna have a week and just over a week in New Orleans. Yes, and I'm so excited. That's anyone who knows me like jazz, donuts and beignet form, um, strong coffee, voodoo. Yeah. I don't, don't really know much about voodoo. I was like, I'm gonna do a voodoo tour. I'm gonna go and hunt for crocodiles. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going full, you know, full yeah. on. And be disappointed if it's like. There's not a crocodile playing the trumpet like in the Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's the trumpet playing crocodile? I am cheated. I won't because apparently people just, they just pop up in the street. So I'm, I'm a sax player. They just pop up and they just start playing jazz together. And so I'm going to properly nerd out at that. So I'm not, I'm not Are having much. Are you going to take your sax No. She's bad about not. it though. Oh. No, no. She's bad about it. No, no. Neither of us. We're adamant not taking it. We, we're going to enjoy it. There's a jazz museum. There's like there's some really interesting historical I'll places. Wait and see, I'm gonna like be slipped in your hand luggage. Like, oh yes, because a tenor saxophone can really slip. <laughs> <laughs> Even the alto wouldn't. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Oh, that's a tricky one. Mm. The most recent addition to the favourite list mm. has been Spirited, actually. Ooh. I can listen to the songs any time of year. It's uh, it's a, a just it's just so happy. It's just such a and Ryan Reynolds. Have you seen it, Megan? You know, yeah. it's actually really good. Is I, it? It's a like it's, a, it's I, very different. My, for for the uh, producers of Spirited, not enough people know about your film, and it's freaking good. And this is me helping, helping the cause. <laughs> That's so optimistic that the producers of Spirited are going to be listening to. <laughs> yeah. My uh, hundred people that have listened to this. You tell them about us. <laughs> you watch Spirited. I will watch Spirited. Um, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. I really enjoy it. But yeah, Miracle on 34th Street is always a good, uh, mm. good staple. So you've gone like old um, and new there. How about yeah. you, Megan? Love Actually is my oh, favorite. No. I watch it every year. It's like the only Christmas movie... And there's also this one that was like f- nobody would know about it. It's called the Christmas List. It was like made in the nineties. Jen might know about it. <laughs> and it's about this lady who makes a Christmas list and all her like wishes on her. Like Santa grants all of her wishes, and it's like super like Hallmark. Is it a Hallmark film? I was gonna it's say not a Hallmark. I don't think it's Hallmark but that style, but it's very yeah. much that style. But it's good. 
Yeah. It's like my mom's favorite. And I have been searching for years to find it on DVD for my mom. And I can't find it anywhere. Like, I don't know why. But it's like, I always thought it was really underrated because it was a Hallmark one. Because it's like one of the better ones. And so those are probably my two favorite Christmas movies. I'm not really, can't find the Christmas list anywhere. I haven't watched it for a few years now. But if you know where to find it, tell me so I can get it. Because I've looked on like everything. And what about you, Laura? You're asking Scrooge over here. When I was a kid, I used to say, I used to love the film Hook with with Robin Williams. Oh yeah. yeah, that's a good one. It's not it's not a Christmas movie as such, but it is set at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And that's as an, reasonable as an adult, I would probably have to say Die Hard. <laughs> that's not really. I like oh we, the great uh, debate is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I mean, I would, but you would watch Die Hard at any time of year. I watched it at other times of year, exactly. but I, I would I would still consider it being like oh I'm getting into the Christmas spirit. I'm watching Die Hard. <laughs> Sorry. That, that is your personality you. in a nutshell. From there, we Christmas. Go. there we go. <laughs> I really ho, enjoy- ho, ho. I, I did I mean, really I really enjoyed Spirited though. Um and I didn't I didn't know what to expect of it. I didn't know what it was about when I first yeah. saw it. And I think I watched it with you guys and they you know when someone's like, We really want you to love this movie and there's like a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. Well, this is like a, the best Christmas film ever, and you're just like, Okay. But it actually was really good. Yeah. I haven't I haven't watched it for a second time. I'm keen I'll, I'll have to watch it again. Oh, I've watched it so many times. I mean, the only thing that's really cr- Christmas tradition for me is stockings. So I do have stockings for me, Holly and my dog. Mm. Um <laughs> presumably the one for Drax is bigger than Drax. Yes, it is. He could probably fit in his stockings. Um, and his his is always the most full. Beyond that, I have no other decorations. I have some ornaments that I don't... I feel like people gave me in my lifetime, but I don't remember who they were. But they do exist. But I don't have a tree. I have a spare one if you'd like one. Uh, of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> I've got enough wedding stuff in this house, mm. and I'm not adding to it this year. But maybe next year. Mm. I just realized when you... Um, we're talking that this is your last Christmas as a single, not single, single, but yeah. as a non-married lady, as a non-wife. I know. I'm pretty excited about being a wife, you know? Like, I've been, you know how some people start doing it early. They're like, oh, hey, wifey. I've been, like, very, I don't want no, that I to didn't. happen. No, I didn't. Not until exactly. it was actually real. And then it felt weird. I'm like, my husband. <laughs> like, my what? I have nothing to add. <laughs> <laughs> I... I'm excited about that for a lot of reasons because Holly's just like a flippin' saint and I'm very lucky to have her and that is exactly how you should feel when you're getting married to somebody and um, I can't believe I'm going to be a wife. I can't believe that it's coming so quickly because it feels like it's taken forever and it's also been really a short period. Cause we've known each other, we've been together for four years and we got engaged two years in, two and a half years. Holly's going to murder me. I never remember. I'm terrible. When we got engaged, it was like COVID era. And we were like, let's not do anything until this thing like settles down before we make any decisions about a wedding or, you know, whatever. So I'm pretty excited that it's happening after Christmas, though, because I feel like I'll be able to like relax a little bit while I do the wedding preparation instead of trying to do all the wedding preparation while working full time. I'm glad Mm. I get like two weeks where it's like all I have to do is the wedding because then I can like really get into it and enjoy it and not feel just like I'm trying to stick it in the parts that are not busy. I am looking forward to the Christmas New Year period. Mm-hmm. I I'm, love the mellowness of it. I love the warmth of it. Oh. I love being warm. I hate I hate cold Christmases. Yeah. I'm a huge convert now to having I love do I do love our midwinter yeah. Christmases. That means you get the best of both worlds. 
but I love being warm. Yeah. I don't like being cold. I love swimming in the sea on Christmas Day yeah, is one of my favourite things. The cold's not going to be super not fun. Not <laughs> the cold. <laughs> but I am looking forward to seeing the fairy lights and being able to go and, and take Ethan to the fairy lights Aww. because it's on, because it'll be dark at four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> And so we can, it'll be before his bedtime and we can actually see the fairy lights all lit up. Whereas that's a bit trickier this side of the world because it's not dark till nine o'clock and yeah. that's fine for older kids. But if they're little, it's a bit tricky. Especially yeah. if we, I know you were saying um, he was for a while, he was going like, when it's dark, it's bedtime. And now <laughs> I've, had to, I've had to shift that since daylight savings. I'm now firmly... Yeah, daylight savings is stuff that I used to go. Oh well, it's it's dark outside. The you know, the sun's gone to bed. It means you need to go to bed. And and now we're we're working on time. He's quite good on his numbers. He's really good at numbers. And and so I've started going. Well, you see, it's seven o'clock. That means it's bedtime. And uh, and I have to show him my watch and show him the seven on the watch. And then he's like, Oh, okay, I will believe you then. You're not just lying to me. <laughs> But it's not dark. I'm like, but it's seven. The watch says seven. So therefore, it's bedtime. <laughs> Next year, we're, me and my partner, me and Holly, are hoping to go to America because she wants to experience like a winter Christmas. Everyone Which, wants to until they've done it yeah. once. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the interesting thing is because of global warming, because I believe it's a real thing, as I think all of you do. Yes. Um, the Christmas winter has the winter has like shifted a month so really it doesn't get like super snowy until like late january and so i was i like warned her i'm like it may not snow at christmas like there it could be like fine it could just be like a little bit rainy so don't don't be like sad if there's no snow for christmas because mm. it's a 50 50 shot at this stage but it's kind of one of my favorite things with holly is to like experience new things with her that i Take have for taken granted. for granted yeah. it's just like a cool experience i'm like yeah, it's the best. So we're going to have a bit of a break over Christmas because obviously, as discussed, Jen is going to the UK for Christmas and mm. you're going to be a full on wedding. Yeah. Wedding chaos. I'm going to be a ready wedding gremlin. Yes. I think like maybe if you, you want to see me, you have to come to my house and work on the wedding with me. That's I'm that. prepared to do this. That's that. I think actually because of, and because of the trip and stuff, I actually don't think I'll, I think our next recording session may be with Megan as a married <gasps> oh, woman. Oh, yeah, I think it will be. But the next time we record, it will be with uh, a married Megan. I'm excited to get married. I'm just, like, terrified that I'm not going to get everything done. And I will. I know I will. I know my personality traits. I really have had the audacity for this wedding to believe that I could DIY a lot more than yes, I probably should have. <laughs> so and she's not been delegating. No. Mm. No, I really haven't. I'm terrible about that. You should understand that, Laura, with your oh, high I, I do. <laughs> But we're not talking about me right now. <laughs> Pot kettle. Yeah. That's why we're friends. Yeah. That's that's how me and Laura really became friends. Because I just like bullied myself into her life and was like, you need help. So I'm going to come help you. And you're just going to have to deal with it. And I couldn't move. So I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will catch you on the flip side yeah. then. Have happy- a good Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Christmas. I can't say happy Christmas. That feels weird. Merry Christmas from the American in the room. Yeah. Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Merry Christmas. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we hope you have a great one. And uh, my, my earrings sort of jingle if I'm near the mic. That's jingle bell. Okay. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that probably won't come over on the sound, but what oh. will come over is me eating that grape earlier. <laughs> um. <laughs> All right. Happy New Year. See you in, see you in uh, 2024. Yeah, yeah.
<laughs> <laughs> it was that. It was yeah, yeah, and then, and then it was 